Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian. I'm on the phone with Ashvin, and today is a very special episode, not just because it's a top five episode where we'll be counting down our favorite found footage movies, but because we have a guest for the first time in a very long time. Today, we are joined by David Day from the wonderful podcast Horror Movie Talk. Welcome to the show, David. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I, um, I've been a fan of your guys for a long time, and I, I'm really glad we uh, we had you on our show a couple weeks ago. What what uh what did we review with you on it, Brian? Cabin Fever. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Eli Ross. Yeah. Yeah, same man. Uh really respect your guys' show and it was so cool to watch it in action. You guys I know I said it on the podcast, but I'll repeat it. It was like a well oiled machine watching you guys at works. So I had a, a blast with you guys and uh we haven't had a guest in forever and that got me pumped to have you guys back on. I had so much fun, so we're excited to have you. Oh, and, that's, uh, that's nice to see of you to say, and I really hope I, that we can get Ashvin on uh, on our show soon too. I don't know. Would you would you do that, Ashvin? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'd love to join your show. Uh, yeah. Oh man, love the dynamic we've seen the two of you guys on there. It's oh, a lot of fun. Nice, just a revolving door of friendship. Yeah. How many <laughs> how, how many years have you guys been around for? Like a three four years as well yeah i think we started uh like a month or two after you guys okay cool yeah it's awesome uh so let's see you are a big found footage fan you were telling us before we recorded uh i won't ask too much about which ones you enjoy or anything but uh is there anything specific that you just feel called to found footage by um you know i i really felt uh, when I, I was really young, I don't know, maybe 13 or 12 or 13 when um, the Blair Witch Project came out. And uh, and I remember the hype around that. And it just really drew me in a lot. I, I believed it. You know, I believed it was all real. And so um, and so it, there's something about that concept of like, oh, this this is all real stuff. Um, I was sold on it. So that, I think that's why I like it so much. That's so cool about the Blair Witch. Uh, Cause it came out at a time where I feel like the internet was totally young and he couldn't like just go Google it. If it was like real or not. Uh, like, do you remember finding out that it wasn't real or did, was that just something someone told you after you watched it? I think it was one of those things where I just over time started to deduce it. You know, I kind of didn't believe it was real at the time. Um, But then they had like um, they had like a sister uh, recording that came out on like MTV or something like that Mm -hmm. and in tandem with the release of the movie. And that made it and that kind of made me go, yeah, but wait. You know, so I, I don't think I ever really Googled it or anything. I think I just eventually kind of like osmosis did into believing the correct, you know, that it's not re- necessarily real. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I think a lot of us came to terms with that eventually. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, I think yeah. we all probably had that similar experience. I feel like I was 15 or 16 when I went and saw it in the theater and I was very unsure. Part of me was like, there's no way this can be real. But the other part of me was like, I don't know, it could be. And 
I think that I don't know if it's like that for future generations, too, but that is one great thing about found footage movies. It makes it so easy to suspend the disbelief. It's just like, okay, this is footage from somebody's camera. It actually happened to them. And uh, it can I think it makes this genre scarier than other genres at its best. Sometimes it doesn't work, but I think it's perhaps one of the scariest subgenres of horror. Do you guys agree with that? I agree, but I, I feel like that sense that like, oh, maybe there's like a slim chance that this is actually real. Uh, I only had that with the Blair Witch, and I, f- I feel like since then, now like every time you watch it, you know, like 100% it's fictional. Um, but yeah, I, I still agree. Like they're they're really scary and stuff, but I do miss that uh, part of it. Sure, right. I feel like I have an uncanny superpower to um, to is the ability to suspend my disbelief through anything. Um, it's particularly if the movie's good, I can buy in pretty hook, line and sinker and be like, Oh my God. Uh, you know, Tony Collette really, these bad things happened to her in, uh, uh, what do you call it? Hereditary, you know, like I'm like, Oh no, her. Yeah. Oh no, this was really happening. So yeah, for me, yeah, I think it works really like it's a super effective because I just buy in and I go, OK, I'm there with it. And uh, and so it's it just works really well because it seems real. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Well, uh, maybe without further delay, we'll start talking about uh, some of our favorite favorite ones. I, I'm guessing maybe we'll have a decent amount of overlap, but it will be interesting to see. If there's some surprise picks out there. So I, we'll, I do have one question though, before we jump in there, like, do you guys like when coming up with the list, like I'm sure we're going to have a lot of overlap and stuff, but like, do you guys have things that you look for in found footage or like, uh, that like, I mean, obviously they're really good ones and bad ones. Like what, what's what, what like, uh, works well for you guys in these films? I did not have any criteria this time. Normally I kind of, normally I pick the movies and then kind of, back into some sort of criteria of like, oh, here's what they all have in common. Mm -hmm. But I would say the only thing that they have in common is that they did legitimately scare me or at least come close. Okay, cool. How about you? Uh, Oh, me? Yeah. How about let's start with David? Did you have any, did you have criteria going into it or can you look at the list now and think like, here's what they all have in common? I don't have yeah for me it's the same it's the same as you Brian I think I I go um did it did it scare me or was it did it delight me you know like it, like one of the one of the ones on my list is just delights me to no end um and so and so I just uh I love it so it's it's just like how much I enjoyed the movie I suppose yeah that makes sense yeah, I, I think I feel the same. It's like scariness. I also think uh, the characters play a big role in these films because a lot of them are dialogue driven. You don't have like the same level of effects going on uh, as maybe like a, a, a non-found footage film or like a standard film. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I do feel like there's a bigger weight for the characters to carry in, in like their performance and the in, in selling you on the reality of it. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think scariness is probably the biggest one. You know, I th- I thought of I thought of one, the, th- the or and it may not be like a criteria, but I thought of a reason why I think I, I like found footage so much, and it has to do with what Ashvin just said. Uh, 
which is they so frequently don't show the thing, whatever it is. Mm. And that works for me so much more than if you show the monster in the relic. You know, it's like, yeah, okay, well, now the cat's out of the bag and it's not scary anymore. So the thing not being able to be seen is like the best part for me. I'm like, ah, what could it be? Imaginations run wild. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think that's an important part of some of the movies on my list and on my honorable mentions. And honestly, sometimes for at least one of these movies, I think I have a complaint where they showed too much and it's an honorable mention instead of a top five. Interesting. All right, cool. Well, let's get into it. Let's get started. um, And we'll start with David. What's your uh, number five of the top five favorite found footage movies? Okay, so my number five, I mean, this was really hard to order because I enjoyed these all so much. Um, So to take the order of these a little bit with a grain of salt, number one is number one for a a reason, but the rest of them are all kind of somewhat interchangeable. With all that being said, Spanish movie called Wreck. uh, it was a television reporter and cameraman follow emergency workers into a dark apartment building and are quickly locked inside with something terrifying. And I remember just renting this from like, you know, Blockbuster and uh, not ha- I didn't have any idea what it was or anything like that. And I got at home and I was dismayed because I'm a lazy and I uh, and it had um, subtitles and I was horrified for the rest of the movie like the end of wreck is so good and uh and so i i really love this one the end is the night vision part right yeah oh yeah yeah Yeah, that's insane it's kind of like an iconic shot that i think some people might recognize more from quarantine right but wreck did it better yeah, quarantine came in and did and basically, I mean, just reskinned the whole movie, um, which you know I get. Like I said, I I'm lazy and don't like subtitles, but quarantine does not hold a candle to the end of wreck, and it's and it's sad. Um, so for that reason, I'm definitely going to choose uh, wreck. I haven't seen any of the um, any of the um, the sequels to quarantine or wreck have either of you guys i have not i know there's at least one to wreck maybe two or so possibly more but yeah Yeah, i'd be interested to check those out is a sequel to one of them they're like on a plane and it happens i don't know okay i I might have seen the beginning of one but yeah that's a a great call out it's a great film yeah fast as zombies too right great pick yeah yeah uh, yeah they're they're kind of zombies it's kind of that rabies thing oh yeah you know it feels like and and it's so frantic it's it, they they all get in it happens so everything in this movie happens so quickly that it keeps the tension up by keeping the action just cranking and mm-hmm. so i really like the pacing of that one yeah i feel like pacing's huge in, in these films that one does really well Agreed. So, Ashwin, what's your number five? 
Man, I feel like my number five is going to be on your guys' list, but really close to the top. So I'm just going to go there and kick this off. My number five was the Bear Witch Project. Uh, from what year is that? Like 1998, 99? 99. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is like the grandfather of uh, horror found footage for me. And uh, to everything you were saying, David, earlier about like what made it scary is like that experience of watching it back then and then like wondering if it's real and like not being used to this as a genre. But uh, yeah, it's it's higher up on my list because I kind of feel like it's like the nirvana of rock music where like everyone recognizes like their influence and the impact they've had on a genre. But going back to watch it again, is it like in the top, uh, you know, two or three? Like maybe it should be. But uh, for me, yeah, it, it kind of fell down in that last rewatch. But yeah, I, I had that one at number five. David, being from the Pacific Northwest, are you angry at Ashwin right now for implying <laughs> that Nirvana isn't possibly as great as people think they are? Oh, uh, no, I don't. Like, I totally 100% understand what Ashwin's saying because, I mean, there's just a point at which, you know, you in every person's life who came after Nirvana where they listen to so much Nirvana that they just... They just go, I can't do this anymore. And every time they hear it, every time they hear it, they go, that's enough of that. And then they yeah. switch the station. So I 100% agree. I get it. Everybody remembered where they were when they realized they had had too much Nirvana. That moment. <laughs> Brian, what, what was your number five? All right. Well, my number five is Rec from 2007. I Damn. also had this at number five. It's hard for me because <clears throat> this one I saw probably like 10 years ago. I don't remember it all that well, aside from the feeling I had while watching it and afterwards where I was just like, whoa, that was scary. That was intense. I feel like it's five and not higher because I think a lot of movies copied off of this movie like this was really early on in a found footage subgenre like you know we had Blair Witch but then there was a little bit of a lull and then paranormal in this and so many found footage movies going forward that I think were lesser movies take the same approach where it's chaotic as some people might find it nauseating it's claustrophobic in a small space the camera's moving fast and you never know what it's going to land on uh I don't think that works in some movies, but from what I remember, it worked very well here. And I don't know if I would go back and it would be less affected since I've seen others that do it too, or if I'd go back and be like, Mwah, still great. Um, mm -hmm. And I think quarantine, neither of us liked quarantine when we reviewed that option. And so yeah. it kind of like that somehow hurts Rex's legacy in my mind. So I'd love to go back and watch this again to see if, it, it would capture that same feeling where I was just like, wow, that was intense and that was scary. But I think a lot of the tropes of found footage began with this movie, or at least this is one of the biggest ones to exhibit them so early on. Two questions for you guys. Uh, what year was Wreck? And then is it the only foreign language found footage film you have on your list? It was 2007. And um, on the top five, yes, um, it's the only one that is um, a different language other than English. Yeah, I have an honorable mention 
that is not in English. But yeah, my top five are all in English except for Wreck. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, I think that's like the most famous uh, non-English uh, found footage film I'm aware of. Um, yeah. It, there, yeah, yeah, seems to be a very Western thing. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, David and I both agree on Wreck. The Blair Witch Cat, it is out of the bag. We knew it was going to be on at least one of our lists. Uh, so number four, David, what's your number four pick? Sure. So number four, I, I feel like... I feel like this may not have made uh, other people's lists, but I hope it has because this uh, is one of those movies. Oh, this is another another one of those things with found footage movies that I love so much is you can pick them up, have no idea what they are, have very low expectations, and then they just blow your socks off. And that happens to me. So frequently with uh, with found footage movies, and it happened to me with uh, my number four, which is uh, M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong's The Visit. Um, and I didn't realize that M. Night uh, had done this when I was watching it or when I chose to uh, when I ch- chose to pick it or uh, watch it. I just knew it was a found footage horror movie. Um, I'm a unapologetic huge m night fan i do not understand the hate i did see the happening it wasn't good everybody's allowed to make mistakes but uh the visit is um a crazy movie about kind of dementia um in old people and um it's um i think it's about some some grandparents who are watching their grandkids who are on vacation visiting their grandparents and it is alarming because uh, <laughs> old people be scary. <laughs> Sad but true. Yeah, <laughs> that's a yeah, that's a that's a great one. Uh, that, that was my number four too, actually. No uh, way. And yeah, and yeah, man, that that scene where like they're under the house uh, with the camera and everything, and the kids are so likable, and like yeah, there's a great twist in it. And yeah, I, I hear I'm a huge M Night fan too, and I agree with you on the happening. I feel like it was after the happening where maybe like Lady in the Water and one or two other ones, non-horror ones, where he started to go down as well. But you, you were on board with him the whole time and you went into this knowing it was M. Night Shyamalan as well? No, I, I didn't know this was M. Night um, and I was so yeah. delighted by it. And then and then I kind of looked it up and I was like, no way, this was right. M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, that was like a, a, a nice surprise in there on, on top yeah. of like the twist that's already in there. But yeah. Such a creative, like, found footage film. I, I loved it. I had a feeling that would be on your list, David. This may be embarrassing, but before we recorded, I was like, okay, I'm going to give myself a quick David refresher. And I went and read your about me, <laughs> like, about section on your website. Did I put it on there? Yeah. Well, you said you were an unapologetic M. Night Shyamalan fan. And I was like, I know what's going to be on his list. Oh man, uh, I feel I feel like I I got to get rid of all that stuff now. I feel like I'm betraying <laughs> my list. <laughs> I don't know if many other people are going to go check the about me section before this episode in preparation <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> no, probably. just this weirdo. I, it's crazy because like we haven't covered an M Night Shyamalan film yet, and uh, yeah, I, I don't. I, I feel like his rec- like uh, are you so you're still a big fan of his, and like you like the old. And uh, did you like Lady in the Water and stuff? Did you like all those films? Yeah, I mean, 
look, I mean, I, I feel like with M Night, he set a he did a thing which is like be too good at the at first. You know, it's yeah. like oh, you just created like one of the most timeless classics in all of <laughs> thrillerdom ever. Yeah, um, literally right out the gate, which is. That you can't do that because then everybody just expects perfection from you from now on. And right. that's impossible. And I mean, he's good at what he does. I like Lady in the Water. I, the happening was bad. Um, but I like I just take them for what they are. And I think a lot of people go in with expectations for what they're going to be. Yeah. Um, and like old, uh, I, I know it caught some heat, but. I thought it was a lot of fun. Like it was, it wasn't, it was just a popcorn munching. Don't make any sense kind of movie. Yeah. I love M night. And, uh, I, 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 I think he's a great storyteller. Yeah, I agree. Great filmmaker. Great storyteller. We'll have to check out more M night. Honestly, I haven't really seen many of his movies. I think I've only seen, uh, the visit, the sixth sense, uh, unbreakable. Was that him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That might signs be it. The village? You didn't saw oh, I saw signs. Enough. I never oh, saw it. the village. Oh, okay. I got to get yeah. to work. Have you seen the happening? I haven't. And so, yeah, no. I, <laughs> I'm a person that kind of like will give M. Night shit or at least get in on the jokes. But really, I've, I've enjoyed every movie I've seen by him. So mm. no complaints here. I should check out more of his stuff. Yeah, yeah let's get to it. What was your number right. four? My number four is host from 2020. Uh, uh I just, this movie just plain scared me as we were talking about our criteria. This is one of the scariest on my list. I don't know. I think my list is pretty scary. And this just feels like such a specific movie that came out at such a specific time. It could never be made again in the same way. It like automatically dates itself, but it's also this like the great, a great way to push the found footage genre to its next logical step. Mm with our lives of interacting daily with the screens. And we're doing this right now. Like this is the premise for the movie host. Um, yeah. I'm curious though, what you guys think it feels like on one sense, I'm like, yes, this is the way forward for found footage, like stories told through screens. But then on the other hand, I'm like, that's a very finite little plot mechanism. Like you can only go so far with that. And I'm not sure we're going to get many more of those movies. I think they could get old pretty fast, but what do you guys think about that? Um, so but actually host was one of, is it the host or is it host? It's just host. Okay. Host was one of the movies that split our decision more than any other movie we've ever recorded or reviewed. So Bryce loved host. I mean, he loved it just like you did. He gave it a nine. We score on a scale of one to ten, and he gave it a nine, and I gave it like a two or a oh three. wow, oh, holy it just, moly! <laughs> it did not work for me. I was just sitting there. I, it was one of these ones where it just didn't work. You know, yeah. for whatever reason, I was just uh, I was not bought in. I um, I can't think of why um, right now, but I I remember just not feeling threatened by it, I suppose. And, um, and, but there are other movies in that subgenre of found footage, like unfriended and, and unfriended dark web, the sequel that 
that worked pretty good for me. So I, I, I think there's, I think there's room to explore in this subgenre because I've seen a few that have been pretty decent and you know, they, they're not terrible, but then they're not great, but they're pretty good. Yeah. I, I feel like that's like the next frontier. Cause like no one's walking around with video cameras anymore. Uh, so like, yeah, if, if it's video chat like this or like, uh, FaceTime or Snapchat or, or TikTok videos or something, uh, using like that as a medium could be the next frontier of found footage. Uh, but yeah, who knows? Was I talking? I assume it was you, Ashman, because you're the only person I talked to <laughs> about horror. I feel like in a recent episode, we were saying it could be cool to have some sort of apocalyptic horror movie that's told through different like Vignettes snapchats or, or uh instagram story of like the people who witnessed it or were like at the scene or yeah. what's happening in different parts of the world right um, right yeah i could totally did, see that did i mean cloverfield has done that a little bit like and maybe the first one did that was was that all like a live stream was the first cloverfield like a live stream or something like that where they were like I think it was just one dude at the party who had like a camera and was following yeah. people around. And then, yeah, that night the world was ending or something. But with the sequels, they've kind of come from all different angles at it. Not quite what you're saying with social media, but they have like taken it in different direction. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see where this little subgenre goes, if it fizzles out, if they find new ways to explore it or, or what happens. But cool. All right. Well, that maybe might be the po- most polarizing movie on the list. Then, if David gave that a two. Uh, <laughs> so, David, what is your number three pick? Okay, my number three is um, is the Blair Witch Project. Um, again, you know, like these are all kind of heaped together. I, I really like, I really, really, really like the Blair Witch Project. I, we just reviewed it uh, about a year ago about this time last year i think um and this is really like i mean tentpole stuff you know this is pretty spectacular um and i i just the most brilliant thing about the blair witch aside from you know the gimmick was the execution of the marketing of the whole thing was it was astonishing like thinking back to the the fervor that swept, you know, back in whatever, 98 into 99, like the Internet wasn't what it is today at all. Um, and so, you know, we just had like commercials to go off of or, you know, before the movie commercials. And I, I don't you, you guys remember the fervor that swept the country with this thing. Like it was it was a phenomenon. And well, yeah. It was insane. And so, like uh, everybody came out and showed up and was I think we're so many of us too were all in the same weird psychological position of like this isn't this isn't the thing it says it is, is it? I don't know. And then, yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, it was it was there's been a few times where I've gone to a theater and had like a a transcendent experience, you know, where it's like the theater is is buzzing with with emotion and people who are like excited and one of them was a quiet place and i just remember the theater just being silent for that whole thing and people being so like 
you could just feel the energy coming off them. And the other one was the Blair Witch Project theater. I remember being a kid and just being like, oh, my gosh. Is this like this feels like what it feels like to camp in the woods, which is very scary sometimes, you know, like I don't know, it just worked. Yeah, they kept it that really well. Yeah, Do you guys remember sure. uh, feeling like nauseous at all watching the Bear Witch Project in theaters? I've never had that complaint with found footage. I, I don't mm-hmm. think it's ever made me nauseous. Actually, the one movie that came the closest was As Above, So Below, just watching it on my computer, maybe. But other than okay. that, I've never really had a, any complaints. How about you, David? Yeah, pretty much the same. I, monitor movements, uh, screen movements don't seem to bother me like they do other people, which is weird because if you put me in the passenger seat of a car, I will I will throw up. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think that, that that's one thing that kind of surprised me the first time I watched it because, yeah, I don't think I'd seen like a found footage film on like the big screen before. When, when that came out and uh yeah i remember like having to look away a few times just out of like uh not yeah feeling nauseous um and you guys like 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 i mean david i think you're talking about the idea of imagination in these films and how they don't show you a lot i think blair witch did a really great job when it comes to, like restraints and like hearing things in the distance and not really knowing what's what's going on oh it's just perfect perfect um it just lets you fill it in and actually i mean you know that's on the on the flip side of that, there's a lot of people for whom that works not at all. That does not work even a little bit. You know, like right. a lot. One thing I've noticed after uh, doing this podcast for a long time, and you guys may have noticed it too. You can let me know. Is slasher fans want to see the thing more than anything else, and you know, monster movie fans want to see the thing, and it doesn't work for me. It works for them. Not for me. And it just seems like there's a line in the sand. What, is that what you guys have noticed? Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, Brian, you, you have a preference? That's a really interesting observation. I prefer to not not see it, especially with supernatural stuff. Like, whatever you try your best to do that you've been building up to for, like, an hour and then show it to me is not going to be as scary as what I had in my mind or even if i didn't have a specific that's what's scary about it is i don't have a specific look of the thing in my mind it's just this creepy amorph amorphous unknown thing and and that's always going to be scarier to me uh i've learned to appreciate the movies that show you the thing uh more than i used to but yeah i i think that will always be my preference uh, is to see less yeah, I think I agree. Unless you're going to do like something really spectacular with it, like uh, Nope, I feel like is a really good example of uh, showing something, but like going in a pretty unique direction with it. But other- right. otherwise, yeah, yeah, it's never going to be as scary as what you imagined. Or we keep saying The Thing, but <laughs> The Thing in the movie from 1982 oh, yeah. is another movie. that's like we're going all in on what you are going to see and working our asses off to make sure it's the craziest thing you've ever seen. And that pays off. They did that very well. That would yeah. be a very different movie if you never saw the thing. <laughs> cool. Well, great pick. I agree. That is, that is the prototype of of not showing too much. Um, so wait, that was your number three. So Ashwin, we are we to you number three now? I think so. Yeah. Uh, my number three, and I think I like this one because uh, maybe it does show like some things a little bit more. Um, 
Because I remember like rewatching the Blair Witch Project recently, and like part of me was like scratching my head, being like, "Did did we just watch uh, a group of like three people freaking out in the woods?" And uh, but yeah, you're right. The imagination effect uh, is really cool. But what I liked about like so, so my number three was the taking of Deborah Logan, which uh, I thought visually was like really cool. And I feel like towards the end, you do see like there, there's some effects that come into play and you see some like demonic looking things. Um, I, don't they like go in a tunnel or something at the end and find her in there? Yeah, the conclusion happens in a tunnel. I won't say too much more, but you certainly see something of of what she She's, or it is. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, I, I, like one. I, I thought that one like scared me really well. And like, yeah was one of the few times where like a found footage shows you something that uh, was rewarding. But uh, yeah, do you guys like that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah really enjoyed that uh-huh. one. I feel like that's a, a common. I didn't actually normally when we do these, I look at a bunch of top 10 lists and stuff. But I feel like I had enough movies in my mind that I just had to Google found footage movies to get a general list. And that was the only guidance I needed. But I think taking of Deborah Logan is often mentioned as as one of the best. Um, cool. Yeah, I had a question for Ashvin. Did when you watched it, did, did you know anything about it or was it recommended to you or did you just pick it up off the shelf and kind of just be like, we're trying this tonight? Oh, the taking of Deborah Logan. Yeah, uh, I think it was recommended to me by someone. Uh, yeah, I didn't see like a lot of hype or uh, marketing for it. So, yeah, I think I think it was just word of mouth. And then I checked it out and I was like really surprised by it. What, what about you? Oh, that's this is another great example of one of those movies that I just was like, it was just on Netflix or something. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I played it expecting nothing and got, whoa, like (laughs) something, something about dementia and old people. So creepy. And 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 it just works so well in this movie. Um yeah, I, I would definitely recommend this to anyone. I, I'm kind of surprised it didn't make my list. Yeah. So many times in that movie, you're just a fly on the wall, like watching her either unravel or Ugh. you just are watching her and you're like, what? What is she doing? Like, what what is the goal? What's she thinking that she's doing? It, is that dementia? Is it something else? It's yeah. it's very yeah. unsettling. It's and. Kind of a fun, entertaining movie at the same time, but still still scary. Another one like Wreck, where the end, there's just a moment at the end where it's just so bonkers that it just brings the whole thing together. And <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, it works. It works. Great pacing again. Uh, All right. What about you, Brian? Great what number threes, three? guys. Uh, my number three is a movie from 2015 called Savage Land. I don't think this one is super well known. It's a mockumentary about a town on the Arizona-Mexico border that became a ghost town overnight. Uh, and the film is presented as a documentary about what went wrong. So this is very much like Lake Mungo, both in its storytelling and its pacing. And it, it's not really about like, oh, what's behind that corner or what's going to happen to these characters. It's just a slow, deliberate, deliberately paced, like, unfolding of what went on it doesn't always feel like a horror movie but by the end you're just feeling really haunted and unsettled at the end of it uh ashen and i watched this like five years ago which was before the podcast but i think you were a pretty big fan of it too right ash 
Yeah, yeah. That's the one where, like, there's, like, a town that's, like, gone missing, and they're trying to piece together what happened. Is that right? And, like, you're seeing, like, some photography or, like, aerial footage or something? Yeah. Yeah, I think there might be some footage elements in it, but mostly it is, like, a documentary with, you know, talking heads and then still photography of of what went on that night. And strangely, some of the still photography is, like, the scariest thing about the movie. It, It doesn't sound like it should be scary, and it's 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 very own brand of scary. It's not scary like a host or a wreck, but uh, I'd recommend it. It's out there on uh, Tubi and Roku if anyone wants to check it out. Super creepy. David, have you seen I'm that definitely. One? No, I, I haven't, but um, based, it sounds like it's right up my alley because, I mean, with... I don't know that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a super sucker for documentaries, first of all. But then, like, a lot of still imagery set to, you know, like, <laughs> I, there was a there's a documentary uh, maybe a year ago on Hulu about Skinwalker Ranch, and uh, and it's a lot of that, you know, where it's just like still images of of creepy landscapes and dawn or dusk or something like that it's like something about that does it for me so i'm gonna have to give savage land a go nice yeah let yeah. us know what you think when you see it I sure uh, cool all right so that was everybody's number three so i think we're back to you david for your number two pick we're getting close to the top number two is i could easily be number one um i but I really love my number one. So this number two is Creep. Um, mm. Creep is one of my very favorite movies of all time. Uh, Mark Duplass um, wrote uh, wrote this with uh, with Patrick Bryce, both of whom are in the movie. Uh, and uh, I mean, Mark Duplass plays the best version of a psychopathic uh, uh chronic liar who you can't tell whether or not he's dangerous or not but he seems really potentially very dangerous but he's so jovial and this character just it sweeps me up every time and it's uh, it does one of my very favorite things in it, that a movie can do, which is gaslight me into oblivion. And, uh, <laughs> and I just, I just creep is next level satire, comedy, horror, all mixed into one. I, I really love this movie a lot. That's a good pick. That's like, so yeah, such a unique film. I, I feel like you can't compare it to a lot. And yeah, his character is so interesting. Like half the time you don't know if you, to be scared of him or, like, is he just like a, a dude like having a good time or something uh, wild and like it puts so many questions in your head uh, throughout the film there? Y- there's no way to know what's going on the whole time. Yeah. And um, and so is there danger? It, it could just be that there's no danger at the right, end of right. this movie. You might there might it might be fine. And and who's to say it isn't, you know, kind of like it's. Yeah. It's very creepy uh, and very funny, too. Like, I just I love it. 
I feel like what makes it creepier is that you kind of might know some people like that who are like very like yes. jovial and friendly, but there's also something lurking under the surface that isn't quite right. Not quite as far gone as, as Mark Duplass's character, but it feels very real. Uh, I'm glad that you put that on the list. That is not on my list. It's not on my honorable mentions, but I really respect that movie. And that performance is just incredible. Uh, it's so unique. And Ashwin, like you said, it's such a unique movie because there aren't many horror movies like that, but there really aren't many found footage movies like that where they're not even utilizing found footage in the same way that most movies do. They they aren't like uh, taking advantage of it and exploiting the medium the way others do. It's just like, here's a guy who showed up with a camera and this is what he's going through. Most of the time, the camera is just on that character it's like it could be shot like any other movie but it's not and it's so subtly adds to the movie because you're just very much in the victim's position like what what the hell is this guy gonna do now yeah cool yeah does an amazing the, job with that the one of the it accomplishes so my my partner on horror movie talk uh bryce hansen is very particular about certain aspects of movies and one of his biggest one of his biggest gripes is you have to have a good reason for doing things. He, he will not suspend his disbelief if you have a bad reason for, for doing things. And Creep has such a solid reason for there to be the found footage aspect of the whole thing, which is something that a lot of crappy found footage movies do very poorly. Which is just like, we're taping everything, uh, posterity, you know, and they just shrug their shoulders and go, ah, it's found footage. But <laughs> but Creep and actually a lot of the movies that we've mentioned so far um, do a good job of that. I was just watching, there's this YouTube channel called Studio Binder that is really awesome. It's almost just like film school on YouTube. But they had a 10-minute video today about MacGuffins, which, if you're not familiar with the term, it's just like what drives the plot in a thriller movie. Like, maybe it's a suitcase full of cash that, like, both the bad guys and good guys are after, or it's, like, a folder of government secrets. And, and the video is kind of talking about how, at the end of the movie, the MacGuffin doesn't end up being that big of a deal to the viewer. Like, you don't care that much, but it's what gets everybody there. It's what establishes the dynamics between the characters and i got to wondering is the mechanism is the reason for filming in a way like the MacGuffin of a found footage movie like structurally not really but it's one of those things where like you need a reason you need something to drive this forward but and it's not it shouldn't be that important to the viewer but if you get it wrong it can kind of stick in somebody's craw like mm. I think there's a lot of people like Bryce who just like, no, I need a reason for the filming. I'm usually, like you said, David, I'm pretty good at suspending my disbelief. So I don't care about that. But I do think it can really, really add to a movie and and or detract from a found footage movie. Yeah, it sells it. It does a good job of setting it up and being like, you know, Blair Witch, we're making a documentary. That's that's why we're doing this. So. You go kind of go in going, OK, I'm going to watch a documentary now. Uh, and, right. and that's good. And with creepy, it's, he's like, you know, I'm I'm dying. 
So please, you know, film this so that for so my kid can meet me growing up. And that's that's not a spoiler. That's mentioned within five minutes of the start of the film, or maybe the sure, very right. start of the film. So yeah, David, what did you think of Creep Two? I look, I love uh, Mark Duplass and that character so so much. I will, I I, I will watch anything with him doing that. Um, I really liked it. And I haven't heard anybody say that they really disliked it. I've heard people say that it wasn't quite as good as the first. And I think the third one is coming out here soon. Um, oh. What did you guys think about uh, Creep 2? Oh, we liked it, right? Yeah, I feel like, and, and I'm not, as much as I like can praise Creep and respect the hell out of it, I feel like I gave it like a three, maybe three and a half. And I feel like that's right where I'm at with, with Creep 2. I think they're both on par with each other. And I think that woman gave a pretty solid performance too. So I would kind of love to see, well, I don't, I don't want to talk spoilers, but uh, I, I had an idea in my head for what I would have loved to see in creep three, but we'll see where, where that one goes. Yeah. I'm excited. Cool. Ashwin, what's your number two? Uh, or number two. Oh, my number two was paranormal activity. This one, uh, I think going back to what we we're saying about Blair, Witch. And the energy you feel in the theater when you watch some of these movies, I feel like that's like a memorable experience. Uh, really brought back. I, I think you had Blair Witch. Then for me, like uh, found footage went away for a while. And then this was like the, oh shit, it still works. And uh, a great way to bring it back. Uh, cool, like reason to shoot it, bring in a supernatural element. Again, I think you're not like seeing a monster, but just the nightly like occurrences are keeping you on edge and, uh, Really kind of like, yeah, made an amazing franchise and revitalized, I think, the genre as a whole. So, uh, yeah, those, those are my number two. Pretty, still, I think, to this day, pretty, pretty scary and effective. Yeah, we just watched that one, and it, it's my number two as well, Paranormal Activity. And oh, it's the, the first one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. And, yeah, it's still scary. Uh, I, I, yeah, I say we just watched this. I suppose it was maybe like half a year ago now, but <laughs> yeah. I was surprised how much it held up. And it's just very scary. I and it it kind of set the bar like Blair Witch was the first big one to do it. But then Paranormal was just like, hey, look how much money this can make. But they didn't spend anything to make it. And it just brought in the money hand over fist. It was so influential. And uh, I honestly feel like. Not only did it influence the found footage genre, but I think it furthered the paranormal slash supernatural genre as well like the technique of using negative space space for scares so that as a viewer you're basically just like looking at an empty room thinking something's gonna happen what's gonna move i think that was picked up by people like james wan and lee wanell and like things like insidious and the conjuring and even the invisible man in 2020 or whatever like that just became a thing in in horror for the next 10 years or so. And I think paranormal probably played a large role in that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And actually, I mean, this segues quite nicely because my number one is paranormal activity. Um, and I agree with, you know, everything you guys said, I think, I think this movie is absolutely genius in a lot of different ways, like in the marketing um, like, like what Ashvin was saying, like this was an experience in the movie theaters. I remember people 
the movie theater was absolutely packed and people were screaming at the top of their lungs. And that was impressive. One of the things that, so like you were saying, Brian, like this had no budget, zero budget. It, I mean, ratio wise, I think it pulled in more than any other movie has ever, ever made like cost, cost versus, um, gross or, uh, or net. And, um, and I think a big part of the way it was able to be scary was brilliant. It used sound. It was like, there was just like, there was just dead space and a camera, static camera pointed down a hall. And so what do you use to fill the time? That deep reverberating. And it was like, Oh, he's here. You knew something was there and you were, and it forced your eye to look around the frame and you were like, where, where is it? Where? And then, and then this camera would switch over and be like, which, where is it? Man, there, oh man, the amount, it's brilliant because it, it showed you nothing. It didn't give you anything. And it just yeah. forced you to fill the time by looking around the screen. And it was, uh, it worked really well for me. It seems like with you describing that made me realize it's kind of coming at you at like such a primitive level. Like it all, it gives you no choice but to give your, like get your adrenaline going because, okay, I know there's a threat. It's in here with me. Now it's yeah. my job to find it. And like, so I have to be alert. Even if you weren't that into the movie, like you're, you're naturally, you're looking for it. You're waiting. Uh, and that's so cool. Yeah. And I mean, and it de- goes real deep into demons and demonology. And it's like no movies had really talked deeply about demons or what they were in like, you know, the Google sense. Like, well, let's Google it and find out. And she's like, <laughs> hey, how about, hey, Mike, how about you don't? Um, because I've dealt with this before and it's very upsetting what, what's going to happen if you do that. And and by the way, I love uh, Katie Featherston. She's like my number one scream queen girl. I love her. Oh, nice. Oh, no nice. kidding. That's cool. Yeah, I as much as Micah is just so hateable, there's something about those characters. And in, uh, we said this in a recent found footage episode. I can't remember which one. But for me, I think what's important with found footage is not necessarily if I like the characters or not, but if I believe the relationships and I feel a part of their relationships and understand them. And Micah and Katie, it's a very understandable situation, even when it's kind of toxic. Like you, you know, people like that, or you've been just a a dummy man that (laughs) he he can't help it. He's just a dumb dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Very believable. Yeah, for sure. He's just like, a slave to his like curiosity and just now nah, I'm going to figure this out. And yeah, there he goes. Uh, uh, David, how, how'd you feel about the sequels? Like, do you, do you feel like they're pretty consistent or like, uh, we, we just reviewed part three, like a few weeks ago. And I, I think our thoughts were like, maybe that's like the second best out of all of them, but would, would it, would you have a ranking? Yeah, I listened, I listened to your review of three. I thoroughly agree. Um, I, I mean, to be honest with you paranormal activity one in this list is standing in is a stand-in for paranormal activity one two and three um uh the rest of them can all just go to hell um (laughs) all like to to almost the same degree they are just bad 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 but one two and and three are spectacular and two and three are great because it capitalizes on 
that uh, that thing of like, hey, you know what it's like to have kids? Well, now they're in trouble and you can't do anything about it. And that's <laughs> that works on such a basic level for me. So, yeah, I, I love two and three. Got to go back and watch, too. As we said in that episode, I still can't remember if I've seen it or not. It seems familiar, but yeah, we got to go back. Yeah. Cool. Awesome, David. And hearing you talk about this, I'm realizing perhaps about all three of us that I think found footage maybe makes us feel like those first experiences with horror when you were a kid, when you were just legit on the edge of your seat or really engaged, really scared, and you thought about it when it was over. And I think found footage can do that like no other subgenre can. Um, so on that note, Ashwin, you want to say your number one pick? Yeah. Wait, Brian, what was your number two again? Paranormal. Oh, your number two. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Got it. And oh, okay, yeah, that was mine. And then, okay, David's number one. Uh, yeah, my number one is uh, a film that David mentioned, but I, it sounds like it's one you didn't like. It's host. Uh, yeah, man, <laughs> I thought, I thought that film was like the most, uh, relevant version of, um, yeah, the, the genre that we've seen. It was delivered in like such a timely period. And you had these characters that I thought were really fun and interesting over a medium that like we were all like getting on board with, uh, during the pandemic, uh, yeah, during the pandemic. And then, uh, some really cool special effects throughout. I thought it was like super scary and, and creepy. And uh, I also love that it was like only like 50 some minutes long. So super short film that I thought served the format well. Um, and then, yeah, just just thought like the reason for the, the the movie existing of like this being a Zoom call and like friends just catching up with each other uh, that like seemed really valid for for what it was. And then uh, the way like the scares kind of played out at each of their houses on each of their screens kind of uh, broke the film up really well and, and made it pretty messed up. So, yeah, huge fan of that one. But I understand why. Uh, wait, 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 why didn't you like it again? I don't know. It just didn't hit me right. And this is the thing. Like, I'm sure you guys have had to deal with a fair amount of people being like, I can't believe that Brian didn't like my favorite movie. Doesn't he know that it's my favorite movie? And to that, I just say, look, everybody's just I'm just some dumb, dumb. Like, it just didn't work for me. You know, like, yeah. I, it's it's become so apparent to me over the years that rating movies is just a joke. You know, it's Pretty like much. it's a thing that people want to hear. So we do it because but it's um, it's my rating, you know, like I rated The Mummy with Brendan Fraser at 10 out of 10. So <laughs> don't listen to me. I'm some <laughs> dumb idiot, Ashman. Like, I'm just yeah, dumb, yeah. dumb. You know, host, is, <laughs> if it works for you, you know, more power to you. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought it was good. But uh, I, I think there are like, yeah, there are a lot of detractors out there on it. And uh, yeah, it got a pretty limited release too, right? It was only on Shutter, I think. Never made it past that. So yeah. It's almost like that pain scale in the doctor's office. Like, are you at number one brownie face or number 10 happy face? <laughs> it's just trying to put a number to your subjective <laughs> feelings. And exactly. It's inevitably interesting, it. but that's all it yeah. really is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian, is your number one uh, Blair Witch? Yeah, my number one. It's probably obvious that I haven't mentioned it yet. My number one is the Blair Witch Project from 1999. Not only did I have that experience going into the theater, not knowing what was what, and maybe believing that it was real. But to this day, it just still scares the hell out of me. Like we were when we watched it for the podcast, 
I don't know, maybe six months, a year ago now, I just felt like we had been watching movies, watching movies. I hadn't been scared in the longest time. And then to feel so genuinely scared with a movie I had seen at least five times already, probably, it just says so much about the movie to me. And then uh, one thing that, I don't know, maybe it's forced, maybe it's not. David, you were talking about reasons to be filming. Yeah, they're filming a documentary. But then they even address at some point in the movie, like, why haven't you turned that damn thing off? And I think it's Heather mentions, like, I feel like distance from what's happening if I'm looking through this camera. And it was kind of like, okay, wow. all right, I get it. Like, whether you think that's on the nose or not, I appreciated that. I felt like I could really get inside these characters' heads, even though I know so many people, like, hate Heather <laughs> with a passion. Uh, and she got, like, chased off the movie scene for that reason. But it's just so scary to me. And one of the best endings of all time to me, and perhaps, like, the best final shot in a movie of all time for me. Uh, yeah, it will always be scary to me, but it also feels like one of those movies like you with host David, where I'm sure there's some people who are just like, I never got there with it. Like it just, it didn't get me. So I, I wasn't scared. Yeah. I, I think there's plenty of people out there for whom that kind of thing doesn't work. It was, I think a lot, I, I'm going to be honest with you. 13 14 year old me in the movie theater was like kind of kind of had some blue balls at the end of the whole thing i was like well hey but where's the witch <laughs> sure yeah 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 i, I a had party. a question did have either of you guys seen the second one no i've heard it's abysmal but then i've also heard people reappraising it and being like it's actually not that bad i haven't seen it is there, are there only two or is there another installment as well? I think there's like think, a remake type approach. Is that true? Oh, no, oh, maybe I not a remake. Know. There are three. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I, I, I only know of, oh yeah, there is three. There's two, um, which got released right after the first one. And then right. three got released, um, in 2016, but I can't tell if it's a, um, I can't tell if it's a remake. Um, so I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Mm. Yeah, I remember two getting pretty terrible reviews. Yeah. Well, cool. That that wraps up the top five. I can't decide if we should all just mention our honorable mentions in one go. I feel like if we do a whole roundtable again, it, it might get a little bit long. Um so maybe we'll just drop all the honorable mentions in one turn. So, David, do you want to tell us some of the ones that you considered but did not put on the top five, whether they be in order or, or not? Yeah, in, in no particular order. Um, my honorable mentions, I have five of them. And two of them I've already mentioned, Paranormal 2 and 3, Paranormal Activity 2 and 3. So, so so good it's just like what you said i can go back to the well a million times with this and i won't sleep well you know (laughs) paranormal two paranormal three they work really well for me especially three with that um with that uh oscillating fan cam i love that thing that's the Um, best and it and i feel like uh toby is kind of like this this invisible cat who's just like pushing 
like just glasses off the counter, you know, like, eh, I'm going to do this and it's going to scare them. So anyway, Paranormal 2 and 3, uh, Creep 2, I uh, really, really love it. Um, Grave Encounters is a uh, is a movie, another one of these super satisfying, no, didn't know anything about it, picked it up and just gave it a go. And it was so creepy in that I think it's a insane asylum or it's some sort of institutional abandoned institution thing and it turns into some weird labyrinth that this crew of ghost hunters i think can't get out of um uh and it's it's very effective and then the uh the one that i kind of feel is the uh the granddaddy to them all um cannibal holocaust um uh, is uh school. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people don't, uh, don't like Cannibal Holocaust because of the, uh, you know, the animal cruelty. Um, I, I really, really dig movies from the seventies. Um, a lot of like exploitational films. And so I kind of like, I just turn that part of my brain off about it. And, uh, but other than that, I, I think Cannibal Holocaust cost is a, just a ripping movie, like a really, really good movie. So, I right, go back to that one. I awesome, see that. Brian. Have you seen that one? I have seen like half of it. So, David, maybe you can help me understand this. The portion I saw didn't seem like it was found footage. So, does it transition into a found footage element, or am I just totally mistaken? It's vaguely found footagey. It introduces the concept, right? So, it's like. Hey, we're doing this thing and we're videotaping ourselves doing it. And it's it's a weak it's weak when compared to the Blair Witch in terms of like really going in on this concept. But it is it was like billed as, hey, check out this real thing that happened. Um, and and it made it. Uh, oh, something that people would, would noodle on and go, geez, did, am I watching something real right now? You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a cruelty free version available these days, too, that takes out the animal killings for people who are looking to avoid that. So mm, that's I cool. haven't verified that, but I thought I heard that. Um, Grave Encounters is one I haven't seen, but that's uh, on a lot of people's lists. We should probably check that out on the show sometime, Ash. Yeah, yeah. It's on the list. Awesome. Cool. Great honorable mentions. Uh, yeah. Ashwin, Ashwin, how about you? Uh, yeah. Um, so on my honorable mentions, I had VHS. I uh, just love uh, that approach of like really short found footage films with a great wraparound story. This is like the original one. Awesome directors behind uh, some of these shorts. And two that I think really stood out in there. Uh, so cool concept. Cloverfield, which I, I thought was really well produced. Uh, obviously a lot more being shown compared to like the other ones that we've talked about in terms of like seeing the monsters and stuff, but really cool, uh, character story of people trying to survive an attack. Uh, the ritual, I just want to confirm that was a, a found footage film, right? That was not a found footage film. Oh, come on. Are you serious? <laughs> Swing and a miss. Damn it. Are you a sure? dishonorable mention. Damn it. All right. All Wait, right so now- the, there's the ritual from like. 2018 on netflix but maybe he's yeah his ritual oh no 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 i'm sorry okay 
Damn. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about this. Trying to give you an out. I've been talking to him long enough to know he's <laughs> when he's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Before I, I even know. say it, Brian knows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lake Mungo, which I think Brian, you mentioned earlier, uh, that documentary drama style. Uh, and it gets kind of under your skin, really creepy. And then Creep. Uh, I had that on, on there as well because, uh, yeah, it's everything uh, you mentioned, David. Just really interesting character uh, story at the center of that. And, and that's also pretty creepy. So, yeah, th- those are my uh, other, other honorable mentions. Nice. Can you tell me a little bit about Lake Mungo? I've heard a lot of talk about it, and it, for, it just never comes up for me. I But I'm interested. Uh, it's really cool. It, it's uh, similar to uh, Savage Land uh, in the sense that it's, like, kind of looking at the story of, like, why this one girl has gone missing and finding, like, old footage or photos to kind of piece together what might have happened to her and uh it's not like jump out or pop out scary there isn't like a character that you're like following through these horrors with you're just more of kind of like an observer seeing like these facts being uncovered and uh yeah it's it's very like dateline-esque in in a way but i don't know brian how how would you describe it yeah i think that that's very uh accurate dateline-esque that works yeah, uh, it's definitely a slow burn. I think there's definitely some people who are just like, no, not my brand of horror way too slow. But for some people, it really gets under their skin. I hear the name Lake Mungo, and I think immediately my mind just goes to the poster for Lake Placid. And I go, <laughs> I don't want to watch a movie about a <laughs> crocodile. Nice try. Yeah. <laughs> you almost got me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Brian, what about you? What were your honorable mentions? Uh, a couple that you guys have already mentioned or were in your top five. The Taking of Deborah Logan. Uh, the Visit, which I also really enjoyed. Uh, this is the other one that's not foreign language. I believe this was a co-production between Thailand and South Korea. It was a movie from last year called The Medium from 2021. Uh, it's a little bit like a Lake Mungo approach, but at the same time, in the third act, it really goes bonkers. And frankly, it could have been higher on my list, but it made the mistake of showing too much in the third act. Mm. But the third act is still a lot of fun. And there are a lot of really creepy moments throughout. It's essentially just about a tight familial unit where everyone starts to become concerned about the teenage daughter's behavior. Um, and it's, it's almost like, taking of deborah logan is it's just like with with deborah logan it's like is, is this the alzheimer's or is it something else and with the medium it's kind of like from what i remember is she just a moody teenager or is something else going on here um and it kind of involves like traditional beliefs in thailand as well so kind of like a whole nother genre of demonology uh it's a cool one i would encourage people to check that out uh Another fairly recent one called Butterfly Kisses from 2018. This is like the Lake Mungo approach, but also straight up found footage. It's a mockumentary about somebody who found found footage. So it's kind of got all these different layers to it. um, And it's kind of meta. So the main character found these people's footage and he's like, oh, I got to finish their movie for them or get some publicity around this thing. And then he takes it to different experts to analyze whether it's real. They even have uh, 
what's his name? Eduardo Sanchez, one of the directors of Blair Witch, come on there and be like, no, this is why the footage is fake. And like, these are, this is how you scare people in found footage movies. Uh, That's awesome. It's, it's kind of rough around the edges. Like maybe there are moments where it feels like a student film, but if you like hang with it for the first 10 to 15 minutes, there's a lot to appreciate there. Uh, then my other one was VHS 94, kind of just as a representative of the VHS franchise because it's the most recent one I've seen. Yeah. Uh, was that, that was the third. So there's like, no, actually that was the fourth, right? I think it's the fourth. Okay. Cause you had like viral in there too. Yeah. Right. There's okay. VHS, VHS two, VHS viral, then VHS 94. And I think I want to say VHS 99 is coming out next year. I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great I, franchise. too. I've only seen the first one. Are, are all of the mo- movies in that pretty strong? I did not see viral, but I liked VHS too. And VHS two had one of my favorite segments of, of the entire franchise that I've seen. It was called safe Haven. Um, and it was just this underground Indonesian cult. And it was just creepy as hell. Uh, I so I think two is pretty solid. Yeah. Don't they all like they all have like four or five and then uh, like shorts and usually like they're at least like two or three good ones. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's an anthology. So you, you always run the risk of some flops. But I feel like that I just had to have that represented on my list because there's oh. so many highs that are really high, even if the lows don't quite work. Where do you guys fall, generally speaking, on anthologies? I love them. I, I think it's such a fun fun way to present a movie. And I think the ones that are campier and sillier work better with the anthology format. But, uh, VHS, while it's trying to be scary, it doesn't necessarily take itself too seriously. So you like them, right? Ash? Uh, I think I'm a little, uh, less hard or like, yeah, I, I VHS is probably like my favorite out of anthologies. Otherwise, like, I feel like you're not getting uh, enough time with the characters. You're trying to pack too much in, uh, and you get kind of, uh, yeah, you don't you don't get like the time you like in an hour and a half with like building up the suspense or scares. So I, I feel like there are very few that I'm I'm really into. Uh, what, what about you? Oh yeah, I I like them in the way that you like campy things. You know, like yeah. I mean, Creep Show is spectacular and Body Bags is pretty good. And I mean, there's not a lot of anthologies out there. So in the regard of just them being kind of like a a cool oddity. I like them a lot. Did you see the Mortuary Collection, David, from a couple of years ago? No. That one's pretty fun. It's kind of like in the vein of Creep Show. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'd check that one out. Cool. Guys, I think we did it. I think we created a great list of uh, top five found footage movies. I think, in a way, it was predictable, but I think maybe we peppered in some titles throughout that people maybe haven't seen yet and we'll go check out. Uh, David, it was so much fun to have you. Thanks for coming on. And do you want to tell us, tell the listeners more about your awesome show and and where to find it? Oh yeah. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me on. Like I said, I've been a big fan of you guys for a while now and, and, uh, it's, it's really cool getting to, uh, getting to talk to you guys and get to know you, see your faces actually. Um, so that's, that's been nice. So I, I really appreciate coming on. Um, I, if you, if you guys, um, want to, if you listeners want to come check me out, 
Um, I'm half of, I, we run a pretty similar show. It's horror movie talk. It's wherever podcasts are listened to. We also have just started, um, our video stuff on YouTube and you can find us at horrormovietalk.com. And from there you can get, you can find, you know, links to all the stuff. Uh, so check us out and we, we have a good time and we're, I, I like your show because it reminds me of uh, of a good friendship like I have with Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, man. Yeah, we do have very similar shows. I also feel like they're different enough for a listener to really have uh, have both in their back pocket on Wednesdays. So, uh, cool. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, it's been a pleasure getting to know you with this, this episode and the Cabin Fever episode that you guys had me on for. So... I'm sure we've got more fun interactions in our future. And uh, that's it, listeners. And and thank you, David. Also, we are we haven't had a guest in forever and we're trying to record on Skype for the first time. So we hope this turned out well for you guys. I'm sure the audio is going to be a little less high quality than it typically is on either of our shows. Uh, so thanks for your patience with that. Uh, and that's all I got, I think. Um, yeah, Ashwin, you got anything? No, I forgot to prepare it until next time. Oh man, yeah, it's hard with these uh, shows. Um, no, yeah, thanks, thanks so much, David. It's really great to meet you, and uh, yeah, definitely check out uh, th- their podcast. Hey, I, I, it's been all my pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Cool, and the, yeah, that's a great. Until next time. Until next time, if you've kind of been flirting with our show, but you aren't sure if you like us, go listen to horror movie talk instead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Done deal. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.